What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumont, and this is the Real Talk with Dumont podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And y'all, I have another dope guest for you this week. I can't wait to have this conversation. But before I get into that, as always, want to dive into just a few simple reminders on ways to support the show. Number one, like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Number two, follow RTWD on IG at RTWD Podcast. That's just a fun time to get to know what's going on with the show. And number three, by financially supporting the show. And there are two ways that you can do that. The first one is buying me a coffee to keep me going, energy alive, to keep these conversations flowing great. You can go ahead and do a one-time donation there. And then also RTWD does have a Patreon page. So you can support us monthly, any one of those tiers, all of it. If you donate anything, if you donate nothing, like it is all greatly appreciated. Love your support. Thank you so much. And by financially supporting the show, you are literally, and I mean literally, supporting the show because this thing ain't free. All right, y'all. Now, on to my guest for this week. I am joined by Rahime Ramazani. Rahime is a multi ethnic, visibly Muslim American woman and is a diversity, equity, inclusion, and intercultural specialist. Rahime believes that no matter how big or small, all of us have a sphere of influence to push for greater inclusion, equity, and intercultural understanding. Her work is focused on addressing the experiences of marginalized ethnic, racial, and religious communities in the United States. Rahime and I had a chance to talk about her experience living as a visibly Muslim American woman, working in DEI as such, and navigating stereotypes about Muslims, especially women who wear hijab. This was awesome, y'all. I cannot wait for y'all to check it out. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Rahime, thank you so much for coming through. How are you doing? Hi, Jonathan. It is so awesome to be here, especially given everything going on in the world. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. There is, oh my gosh, I feel like that's like something that we have learned to say in the last few years. There's so much going on in the world, but it, it is true. It feels like an understatement, almost a cliche, but there's so much, mm. so, so much going on in the world. But I thank you again and appreciate your time to like have a conversation and, and connect. I've been following you for a little while now on, on LinkedIn. And so I was like floored when you reached out to me and said, hey, I want to be on your show. So I was uh, like, yeah, come on. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like people in my friends, family, professional groups, LinkedIn, what? And I'm like, no, it's amazing. You don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. I've met amazing, amazing people that have been on the show that have also just like become friends. So um, it's been it's been dope. Like LinkedIn has its hard parts about it, but mm. it has some really good parts too. Mm. So it's really, really cool. But I read a little bit about your bio, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself to the Real Fam, kind of let them know who you are. So yeah, the, the floor is yours. Who are you? For sure. I have like a weird response when people say like, who are you? Because mm. when I was like in middle school, I was walking through a parking lot just randomly and someone yelled at me from across the parking lot. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Every time that happens, oh I'm God. like flashing back to that. Anyway, I don't want to so bring up any me, trauma. That's no, my no, bad. no. It's like, it, like that was the first time as like again as a child who you know now realizing I was a people pleaser. Like was like that's an absurd thing. I'm just gonna ignore you. Whereas like normally when people ask me absurd questions, I feel like unquestionably that I have to answer them. So anyway, mm. no, it's just so if you hear me laughing, like that's why. Hi, real fam. 
My name is Rahim Ramazani. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, as Jonathan mentioned, I am a diversity, equity, inclusion, and intercultural specialist, new business owner, content creator, mostly on LinkedIn, but I am branching out uh, to other platforms. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with you all today. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the experiences of being a visibly Muslim American woman in the United States in a predominantly non-Muslim environment, mm. uh, both personally, professionally, and going to, as I said, like walking through parking lot yes <laughs> you know it's just like yeah this is like this is what life is like yeah absolutely no thanks so much for you know breaking that down and awesome i love that you know new new business owner thanks so much for coming through on that <laughs> yeah well, it's how very does, exciting how yeah how does that feel it's like i'm definitely dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome so i'm still mm. going like i'm gonna <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm trying to like empower myself to be like say the word entrepreneur say the word business owner without overly humbling myself like it's imp- i personally believe like it's important to have humility for sure yeah but, like there's a balancing act and i definitely know like my imposter syndrome is rising but it's something that has been literally a dream of me mine forever i knew since high school that i would be an entrepreneur entrepreneurship runs very strongly in my family on both sides of my family it was literally just like what is it going to be about when i was in high school i was like i'm gonna have a muslim woman clothing store <laughs> i love like, it <laughs> i got over that very fast right like i don't like products very much okay um, <laughs> no just like just like yeah. start i worked i worked in like a retail store after that and i was like uh-huh. yeah i don't know i do not want there's a lot of logistics that go yeah it's hard work like yeah no shade total respect for the people who do it i go to stores i appreciate other people who do it but yeah oh man i don't want to do that it's a lot of work yeah yeah. i feel that awesome and then what is like what is your business now like talk us through it yeah this is this is your plug this is your plug uh, plug entrepreneur (laughs) yeah well thank you very much yeah no i am a content creator on mostly linkedin on different social media platforms i have articles i'm looking to publish articles on other guest sites obviously podcasting and speaking engagements i'm definitely Mm -hmm. going to be looking at conferences and workshops and so on and so forth like a lot of dei practitioners do a lot of like coaching consulting all of the things what i love about dei practitioners all setting up our own like solopreneur entrepreneur of one businesses is that in dei i personally strongly believe that there is going to be any one individual who's going to specialize in all types of diversity and so having said that like we can specialize in one, two, maybe three. I am open to different contexts and conversations around that. But to go beyond that, it's like you really can't be a specialist and expert. Like you can have some understanding and weave that in. So organizations, companies, religious institutions, community groups, wherever you want to bring in a DEI lens, which it should be everywhere (laughs) but i'm i am super biased but i am willing to persuade you so uh, looking to bring in a dei lens they need to bring in a dei specialist practitioner what have you they uh, should be bring expecting fully to bring in multiple either consulting firms or specialists or entrepreneurs who specialize in different parts of diversity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and equity. If you care to include, you know, belonging, if you care to include, you know, like there's JEDI, so justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Like there's a number of different acronyms that are all like various names for what I would believe is the same field. I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me, which I'm totally open to holding all of that nuance. So for me, looking at, okay, well, 
obviously I and why I name myself like a visibly identifiable Muslim woman, because there are many Muslim women who don't wear hijab, which is a perfectly legitimate and important lived experience to bring attention to and to but having said that and having said that living with a piece of fabric on my head that people have very strong opinions about like, oh, you're oppressed or oh, you must be so quiet or oh, is your husband, your father, your oldest brother or whatever, insert male person in your life, like ruling over you and choosing for you where you forced to wear it, like all these things, yeah, like yeah, just like walking around with you with people like just see you walking by again, like just doing things life. This is a little bit early on <laughs> to bring up this story, but I just I love telling this story because it's just like literally so picturesque, like this is what it is to be a visibly identified Muslim woman by wearing like a physical hijab, like a piece of fabric on my head. And so myself and another Muslim woman who wears hijab, friend of mine years and years ago, like eons ago, mm. we were going, we went to the theater, movie theater, and we came out and we had a good time. We're just hanging out, like two friends hanging out. That's yep. it. And we're in the San Francisco Bay Area for, you know, context, you can make of that what you will of like the demographics and political leanings and what have you fill in the blank. And my friend heard this woman from a distance. I didn't hear it, but my friend heard this from a distance, like a woman whispered to her friend, presumably like, I didn't know they could go to the movies. <laughs> like, like I'm, we're just living. We're just walking, <laughs> minding our own business, not looking at anyone, not talking to anyone. And like all of these like, preconceptions and it's not even that i necessarily blame people even for having those preconceptions but just the idea that when people can visually identify you from across a room from across a Mm -hmm. mall from across like a parking lot like wherever you are oh that's a muslim person walking by and you have like that gaze on you it it definitely affects you like it changes how i interact with the world interacts like i'm definitely like i'm a recovering people pleaser so definitely negotiating how much I want to engage in this going forward. But in the past, I absolutely have been like very smiley, very peppy, very happy, even mm-hmm. when I wasn't necessarily feeling that way because it's like, oh, I don't want you to think of me as a threat. I don't want to think yeah. of you as like dangerous or or even like I don't want you to think of Muslim women as oppressed. I want you mm-hmm. to think of Muslim women as amazing and strong and and sometimes scared and sometimes insecure and sometimes we have issues and sometimes we have great moments like human yeah. beings with a full spectrum of emotions and experiences exactly. yep. and you know there's only like about one percent i'm in the united states so my context is mostly u.s based one percent of the u.s is muslim about mm-hmm. like honestly that varies depending on what study you use there's like it's really tricky measuring religion because people are very sensitive to like discrimination and stuff like that so there's no like official number but it's estimated around one percent of the united states is muslim most of that population is in major metropolitan areas right like a lot of immigrant or kind of marginalized identities tend to gravitate towards metropolitan areas so the vast majority of non-muslim folks in the united states had never met a Muslim and certainly never had like a deep conversation about like Muslim values and are we really that different and like why do you do this or whatever like if you've seen a Muslim if you've been able to identify who is Muslim right like for instance like with Muslim men as well like not all Muslim men wear beards and some of them do and Mm. some of them like and Muslims have been very racialized to like be brown right so you might look at a black man with or without a beard and he might be Muslim or he might not be Muslim, but you won't be able to like identify him by walk, like just walking by him on the street. Uh, yeah. So it's just like very common. 
Yeah, um, super complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just that weight of I am probably the only Muslim that this person has ever engaged with. And if I am having a bad day as a human being who has bad days, like God forbid, and it shows on my face or I'm a little snippy or God forbid they offended me and now I'm offended at them, upset with them. Well, now they're going to walk away from this being, oh, all Muslims are like this and Islam is like that. And now they have a conversation with someone for the rest of their lives saying oh muslims are all horrible people because i met that muslim who was like mean to me yeah that right? it's a lot of, of pressure story. yeah it is so much pressure and it reminds me of a story i literally just saw this yesterday there's a company well it's so funny it's a clothing company yeah, yeah. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm um, all for clothing i yeah. love clothing like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> please no, other people no. make clothing <laughs> yes absolutely so like this is this clothing brand called mess in a bottle and so like they you oh. know their whole thing is like a, a cool message in a bottle like they put on like these crazy crazy dope shirts jeans all these different things like it's it's cool their 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 product is is dope but it's like a startup black woman owned and so like it's it's dope but it's like a very small growing company but it's very mm-hmm. it's very small and so what i found when it's like a for like clothing brands when it's like smaller and so like so detailed and mm-hmm. custom that it takes a little while and so people are used to like this fast fashion, getting something really quick. Mm. So this white woman was like, you know, like I ordered this and I said I needed it like next, like mm. next week or some ridiculous time frame that like was not like, that wasn't I gonna know, happen. yeah, it's just not going to happen. Like I, I've ordered stuff and I'm like, you know, I just know that it's going to take a little while. It's fine. You know mm. what I'm saying? They're pretty open about like, you know, when they get, cause they don't run from the mess. Like if you're going to come mm. in my comments, mm. like, mm. all right, I'm mm. going to, but so this woman just basically said, like, you know, like I had this experience, like I was trying to give black owned a, a chance and I will never, ever shop black owned oh again. God. because. Like, and I'm like, so you had one black experience. I'm not even saying bad experience because I don't yeah. know what her. Th- you had one black experience and now all of a sudden it's all it's all ruined. And she was unbothered by it. She said, whatever. And the woman had the audacity to say she's like going to come for me at like some in-person event. She's oh like, please come God. or whatever. But it's just it's just wild how like there's like. I don't know when you are navigating the world and as a historically like mm. significantly like small portion wherever you are doesn't matter on that spectrum of social mm, identity mm, mm, mm. how like this feeling of representation or this feeling of like proving or representing like all those people that come from behind you mm-hmm, and like mm. I I feel very similarly as like you know when I'm the only black person in a, a mm. predominantly white space or like different things like that it's just like really it's so heavy. It's like a heavy burden mm, to mm. carry that. And it's almost, I don't know how it is for you, but mm. I'll speak for me. Like it's almost a double edged sword in that. Like, I know that if I don't represent like black people, well, like that's what they're going to say. Like that is a response that I, I feel mm, like I'm going to get mm, from them. Mm, mm. But if I am out in public and like black folks, black, black older folks see me like acting a fool doing stuff. It's just like, Hmm, there we go. There they go. Making us look dumb. And I'm just like, come on. <laughs> like I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't win. So I don't know. I'm curious. Cause it goes back to even my, my, what you were talking about, like the imposter syndrome around like being a business owner and mm. an entrepreneur. Mm. I'm curious for you, does that like kind of pressure of representing well, given all the context you've laid out for mm. us, mm. do those two things connect for you? Yeah. Imposter syndrome? Yeah, compa- yeah. compared to like mm, that mm. that need to like represent mm. well for your community. Before I respond to that, I just want to say about the white woman complaint. I'm never going to shop black. Yeah. Own business. Like that is the giant 
like sticking point of like fake allyship. Yes. Like, oh, oh my gosh. you're welcome. Yeah. I'm an ally to you. Yes. And so therefore I need the gold star sticker. How <laughs> dare you? I'm amazing. Like, yeah, I'm doing it like, anyway, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. That could be a whole separate conversation. <sighs> oh my gosh. Maybe we can yeah. come back to that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I just want to like recognize that. Like that is so important. And yeah. I, clearly i'm not i'm not black yeah i don't even identify as a person of color i identify racially as white though mm. multi-ethnic so and that's a whole separate conversation yeah. but hey you can check out way, the other pod yeah <laughs> check, either i have way. another episode on yeah that, yeah that, we'll, that breaks we'll come back <laughs> but whatever you other people perceive me as racially like i have like blue green eyes and i have like lacking melanin <laughs> for yeah. sure <laughs> right like Lacking like method. that's yeah no like <laughs> no, that that yeah. is how it is right yeah. so you know seeing that in other people who also lack melanin i take it as very much a responsibility to call that out as like that is super messed up like who on earth are you doing you feel like you're doing people favors and again mm-hmm. it's not even so that other people will like thank me for my quote unquote allyship right like this is the decent human thing to do Mm -hmm. and i'm you know hopefully my intention is you know that i will continue to call that out and do those things whether it is visible to other people in audience and people are like oh good job thank you so much it's like nope i'm not doing it for like that feels nice for sure i'm not like i'm human (laughs) i Mm -hmm. recognize that but yeah like allyship for the sake of like getting a gold star or being like thank you so much for helping us it's like oh that is what's wrong with like what people don't like about the term allyship because it's mm-hmm. turned into that. Anyway, that's yeah. very important. I feel very strongly about that as a DEI, you know, practitioner and so on. So I just didn't want to like overpass that. So yeah, yeah. Having that. said that, with imposter syndrome and feeling the pressure, I've never really made that connection. Hmm. I've seen the critiques of the idea of imposter syndrome as like women women of marginalized identities especially um like the spaces that they want to inhabit and like enter or be in are not meant for them so that othering has turned into imposter syndrome i really try hard not to comment on things that i haven't like done enough research or learning about or thought critically enough on my own to come to some conclusion i just want to recognize that i have seen those critiques of the idea of imposter syndrome and i definitely would love to continue to learn more about it anyone in the real fam listening to this like i highly encourage you also to check it out and you know see what you think about it i'll plug an article there's an article that i read plus there's like a ted talk that Mm. she gives as well jody ann burley i think Mm. jody ann burley i think that's her name she co-authored an article about like stop telling women yes. um, that they have imposter yeah. syndrome it's it's an incredible article and they just mm. like give the history of where imposter mm. syndrome came from mm. and then they talk about a little bit of the studies that they've done individually and um, her ted talk was jody ann burley's mm. ted talk was mm. really good so i'll plug that too because i feel like y- you're right it's it's a uh, there's mixed reviews on on what that is and we have yeah. to like name it name the experiences appropriate yeah 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 hey y'all yes so one correction, her name is not Jody Ann Burley, it's Jody Ann Burry. And the title of the article is Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. The co-author is Rachika Tolshian. I went ahead and plugged that article 
inside of the show notes. Um, but just as a synopsis, um, the article essentially outlines what imposter syndrome is, which is doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud at work. And this diagnosis is typically given, often given, excuse me, to women. But the fact that it is considered a diagnosis at all is problematic. The concept, whose development in the 1970s excluded the effects of systemic racism, classism, xenophobia, and other biases, took a, a fairly universal feeling of discomfort, second-guessing, and mild anxiety in the workplace and pathologized it, especially for women. So the answer to overcoming imposter syndrome, as Tolshin and Burry pose, is that imposter syndrome is not to fix individuals, but to create an environment that fosters a number of different leadership styles and where diversity of racial, ethnic, and gender identities is viewed as just as professional as the current model. Additionally, I went ahead and tagged um, Jody Ann Burry's TED Talk in the in the show notes as well, because that also gives additional context and a great, great um, outline of, of this uh, article as well. That TED Talk is entitled Why You Should Not Bring Your Authentic Self to Work. Check it out. Both are great resources. All right, y'all, back to the conversation. I have seen like jokes online, which I think like we joke about it, but it's kind of, like, it's kind of true. Whereas like have the confidence of a heterosexual, white, cisgender, middle-aged man, like embody that confidence. Or if you don't want to be as like spicy as that, you can say, have the confidence of the price organic raspberries. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Price yourself like that. Like you are organic raspberries. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, the I guess the reason why I asked that question is because like I've felt the I've stopped calling it imposter syndrome mm. myself because like I know that like like me being a business owner, like I mm. like I'm, I'm very like I have no problem mm. like with mm. my confidence. Like I'm very smart. I awesome. am like I am a great communicator. I know what I'm talking about and I've also mm. been doing this in mm. some way for like 10 plus years. So mm. like I know that and there's things that I do need to learn mm. that I do need to figure out. But I think it is really similar to you. I like I the word entrepreneur, the word business owner. Mm. Like I think I was expecting like some like shining bright light to be yeah. shown from like above me that You're like I started getting like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some kind Here's of like the mantle. <laughs> Yeah. Night you. Like mystical powers that to, <laughs> to like at some point know that I'm like legit, right? And and I think yeah. I think also to add like all of the other like identities that I mm-hmm. occupy, mm-hmm. it just adds another layer of like to just being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that it's that it is that way, but like given our society, given all the things in the mm-hmm. context that exists there. That like I can't help but think about it myself. So like I'm like, am I feeling like imposter syndrome right mm. now, or is this like legitimate? Like these other things, right? Mm. I don't know. I've I've like tried to navigate that 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 bit a little bit mm. more, especially when I'm like f- applying for grants or yeah. like I go to like networking events, which yeah. are networking events, or yeah. like you know a post on LinkedIn or something like mm-hmm. that, trying to show up authentically in myself, mm. black self, yeah. just very similar to you. Just aside from the religious context, but like, like, or cultural context, like, mm, I'm black, mm. like, very visibly black. <laughs> so, um, what? even how I wear my. What? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just stuff like that, you know? 
So yeah. it's so funny. We're talking about something different, but like I like empathize with, mm. with like so much mm. of what you're saying mm. of like how people treat me when they when they just see me. Yeah. It's just interesting. I certainly wouldn't wish it on anyone else, but no. it's nice to be understood. If yeah. that like if that balance makes sense. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so I, I also like hate networking events. Just it, it, This it is why I me. post on LinkedIn because it's like you just put out, hey, this is what I'm about. And then the people uh-huh. who like it are like, oh, they come to you. Yes. Right? Anyway, that's yeah. a whole other thing. I would be more than happy to come back just to talk about networking events. But Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And how like, yeah, how like different communities do it differently. I've mm-hmm. just found that. Yeah. Networking events like. The math. The thing yeah. is for me, like the math just doesn't make sense. Okay. So you just go mm-hmm. to an event. And you hope that people who can do what you need, like the opportunities that you're looking for are there. Yeah. You're hoping, but you have no guarantee. And like in a room of 100, 200, whatever people, 50 people, you might have time for like three substantive conversations, five, however many if you like. That's the thing. I'm trying to like of substance, right? Not like, hey, here's my business card, leave. Here's my business card, leave, right? And stuff like that. So Okay, so you have like, let's say five, like be generous, like five actually substantial conversations with people. You're Mm. hoping that the people that you happen to bump into are the ones that are able to do the things that you want instead of anyway, like this is why I spend so much time online because like you could just like read people's profiles and do I have something to offer to them? They've told Mm. me what they're looking for. I've told them what I'm looking for. I don't have to leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And um, don't get me wrong, I love to socialize, but like I feel like it, it's still, gosh, it's still like it feels very hollow. Like I don't even like. I feel like yeah, like we're trying to like exchange like information at a networking event. Like yo, like this is my business. What's your business? But I feel like some of the best connections I've made is like when I'm talking to one person mm, for like yes. 15, 20 minutes, yes. like. We become friends. I learn about like mm. more so in their life of like what the things that they're doing that they're up mm. to, what they're passionate about. Like, and if there's alignment, dope. But like at the mm, very mm, at the very mm. least, I made a new friends. Yeah, I made a new connection. And then like if there's not an alignment for us to do work together, like in this capacity, mm. yo, I know I've met like other mm. people that I feel comfortable now that I've had a mm. real organic conversation with you mm. to like connect you with. And I feel like with the spaces of LinkedIn that I've like started to occupy more recently in like the last mm, six mm, to, mm. six months to a year, that like those are the kind of folks that like I've been gravitating towards mm-hmm. because they're posting like real stuff. Like, mm, mm, and I'm yeah. understanding. And to your point, like yeah, I'm yeah. like seeing directly of what they're like getting into, yeah. check out their LinkedIn, everything like that. It just yeah. feels more organic, more real, more yeah. genuine to and, and to to me. You know, like anything, yeah. anybody can post anything online, but like yeah. from what I'm reading, I like, I get it. I feel it, which is uh, just different from other, I, yeah, other sorry, places. No, that's it. I'm done with my thought. Yeah. So for me, it's complicated. So I'm all for socializing. I love talk. I love talking to people though, as you said as well, Jonathan, I would infinitely rather like just talk to one person or two people like mm-hmm. for hours yeah. instead of 15 minutes. I'll say hours. Oh, well, um, I was just being then, generous. I was thinking yeah, about that like, <laughs> like, who, who are these people? Why are they making so much noise? Can you just like, I'm having a conversation here. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, so again, like I think this nicely brings us back. 
so this is on topic to like mm-hmm. the whole Muslim woman thing. So I personally practice. Okay, so I'm gonna caveat this. There are 1.8 billion billion with a B Muslims around the world in yes. di- from different countries, from different ethnic cultures, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, and different levels of education that have nothing to do with religion and religious education. And there are different sects of Islam, and there's different degrees to which people adhere to the Islamic beliefs that they do have, even if the beliefs are different. So please, 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 please hear what I'm going to say with, this is how I, Rahime, have learned about the sect of Islam and the version of Islam that I follow, which is valid, so I will talk to it. But at the same time, this is absolutely not all Muslims. So other fellow Muslims, like, please don't come for me. (laughs) All the caveats. I'm honestly more scared of, like, other Muslims than I am. (laughs) like non-muslims but anyway so okay so i've done my due diligence i've done like giant asterisks okay yeah so having said that i believe in a version of islam that has people of different genders should not physical contact with each other Mm -hmm. uh so this in networking events this means handshaking so Mm -hmm. since covid like that obviously went away so that was like there were a lot of muslims who do who don't you know have physical contact with other genders who were like yes awesome i get a break for a little while but so there's that and then also as a muslim not only do i not consume alcohol but i also don't want to be around alcohol so i Mm. will not go to events personally or professionally where there is alcohol just like being consumed and so i have had a number of times where i assumed there wouldn't be alcohol because it was like lunchtime and again like i don't spend time with people who drink so i don't know what like drinking culture is like i had assumed just from like perusing things online in non-muslim spaces that like drinking at lunch wasn't a thing especially in a work context and i went to a birthday party at a past workplace for lunch and we all went and you know everyone had a glass of wine and it was like super awkward and i didn't want to make it about me but i like was uncomfortable and I had gone to riot. And anyway, so again, also for the non-Muslims, this is not to say that there's anything wrong with you drinking. Like these are your, like you don't believe that there's anything wrong with drinking and then you are living according to your own beliefs. That's awesome, right? So this is me, like these are my beliefs, me living by my values and beliefs and people don't share the same beliefs and the same like practices. And that's all like we can understand and hold nuance Mm -hmm. for like, differences of living through the world right so yeah please 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 everyone listening yeah. this is not with like judgment of like i am better than you and you are worse yeah. than me and like how dare you drink and no 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 no, none of that none of that yeah, this yeah, is just yeah. me sharing okay yeah people are very sensitive about this kind of stuff right and so it's I just a, yeah like, it's so it's so interesting but like not for you i'm saying it's yeah. interesting about the sensitivity that like somebody who abstains from drinking and doesn't want to be around it like i got mad respect for that i i totally get it you know yeah. So like even for me, like all the context and caveats and everything like that, yeah. like you didn't even have to bring that. You could have just okay. said, like, I don't. Yeah, I think I did I do because it. I'm going to get like, yeah. <laughs> how dare Some, you? Somebody's, somebody's going to come in. Somebody's going to come into my DMs and be like, that person does not represent all Muslims. And I'll be like, yo, like okay. I, I know there's like a big, I know, yeah. but I get it. I totally Totally get it. I had somebody come yeah. to my DMs a little while ago about like, you know, something about like Christianity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, we get it. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Sure. So so with networking events, most non-Muslim center networking events, my understanding is that they are revolving around alcohol. Yeah. So I will opt out for that reason. And also, I personally have a script that I have like fine-tuned over a period of years to 
avoid shaking hands and trying to make it less awkward for the other person because of course they have very good intentions like this is the norm in a non-muslim american culture so mm-hmm. it's not it's not a judge again it's not a judgment on them it's not a judgment on me it's just like hey i am you know i don't consent to this i'm opting out but it's not that i don't like you it's not that i'm not super interested in meeting you and like wanting to talk and stuff like that so i have a whole script that i've put together for that um but it's awkward and it, like, yeah. like you said like it's pressure of like oh i already look so different and you already mm. think i'm oppressed and you probably are like maybe there are like people have biases against muslim like that's literally like why i have a job yeah <laughs> right like most di people that i know if not all of us would love to be out of a job like we would love to have to go do other things because yes. the world has no biases and no racism and islamophobia and like all of that doesn't exist like we would love for that to happen like i yep. will go do something else so now like you see me like one without a drink in my hand if i if i were to even go which I wouldn't but now like you are so caught off guard that i'm not going to shake your hand and mm. you don't know what to think about that and like do like what like what does this mean i've never met someone like this and and all of that and of course like i visibly am muslim so it's just so much so again so for me and then also like jonathan as i've shared with you i recently discovered that i have adhd mm-hmm. and so on top of that now and like as i'm learning very much learning like looking back on my whole life of like what has this this has affected everything and i just didn't know it and no one around me knew it and all of that it's to say like i have been masking or this idea of like pretending to be neurotypical so that others like were more comfortable with me or you know it would like facilitate my relationships with them rather than be unmasked and you know be the beautiful adhd brain that i am um you know like even you know my mom lives with me and i have as soon as i learned about adhd like it wasn't even a choice to start unmasking it was literally just like oh this is like naturally who i am especially Mm -hmm. given how much work i've been doing in the last like three no it's been more than three like four or five years about people pleasing right Mm -hmm. and the whole idea of people pleasing is like oh you are contorting yourself and not doing what you want or being who you want to be or having the opinions that you want you're doing it what other people want so that they like you because and it's a trauma response like some people don't like people pleasing and say like oh it's manipulation i'm like okay it's a trauma response like please like be kind yeah yeah you know no one anyway that's anyway that's a whole other thing but yeah so like as a people pleaser like learning to what do i actually want to do like what Mm -hmm. is actually authentically me Mm -hmm. and so having done that for so many years and then learning about adhd like it wasn't even a choice of like hey i should like try and unmask it was literally just like the whole thing like came off in a period of weeks and i'm like singing around my house and i'm just making random like happy sounds and like all kinds (laughs) of stuff my mom's like you're kind of weird i'm like thank you yes i am thank you for noticing Uh, um yeah so anyway so the whole networking thing is like it's just so complicated and you can pick any one of these things like as a muslim person whether you are visibly identifiable or not if you don't want to be around drinking or even if you are okay with being around drinking and you don't want to fit and you like i know a lot of muslims who will go to events with alcohol there and they just won't drink and i have heard from many people not just that but also there are a lot of other people who are not muslim or not for faith-based religion or reasons choose not to drink who also mm-hmm. don't have a drink in their hand and they're like pressure like super super pressure to yeah. drink and they're like no i yeah. just don't want to yeah so yeah. like that's the whole like reason why people might not want to go to networking like traditional american networking events if you're are identifiable muslim 
identified, visibly identifiable as Muslim and dealing with like people's biases against you, like that might be a reason if you are Muslim, whatever you may visibly look like or like your, what your clothing might look like, um, and you choose not to have physical contact with another gender. Um, and then like just the pressure of that. And it's just so exhausting when you've done that, you've had to do like, even if you have a script like me, like you've had to do it like 30 times in the space Mm -hmm. of two hours. It's like, it's really exhausting. At a certain point, it's not even, it's not. Yeah. yeah, And then on top of that, you have neurodivergence and like having (laughs) to mask and pretend to be a normal person. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I hope like it, it makes sense. Like. I would rather stay in my house. I have my cats here. I have yeah. my chair. I have my ficus here. Like, yes. I don't know if you can see. But anyway, like all of my cool stuff, uh, all my snacks are here. And then I get to opt in. Like I still go to things in person, mm-hmm. but it's like I have vetted the person through like my DMs, through emails, mm. through phone calls, through Zoom calls about like, are you an inclusive person? Are you someone I feel safe with? Are you someone mm. who I can actually be my authentic self with? And yeah. if you have proven that you are that person, then I am more than happy to like come and see you and us to spend time together and all of that. And of course, for me, and of course, I mean, I've been talking about my needs, but very much so also getting to know what the other person's needs are, creating yeah. a psychologically safe space for them to share what their needs are and communication styles and and so on and so forth so that we can you know make space for each other and learn from each other and have a good time but yeah like anyway so yeah networking events are complicated yeah 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 (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that that perspective because i feel like Mm. oftentimes when i've heard and maybe i just didn't like and to be fully transparent maybe i just didn't hear this part about like the religious exemptions right but like are not exemptions but like opting out of like alcohol like or paid Mm. attention to that for like Mm. different Mm. events right but like when I've heard like, oh, like we need to have like non-alcoholic options for those who don't drink. It's not, it really isn't. And it's not like preface to, to like the broader community of being like, hey, if somebody doesn't want to drink, like it's completely okay. Like creating a safe space, but even yeah. knowing, but even knowing that, that like just the presence of alcohol could create like a non like safe space. So like even like mm-hmm. planning events and stuff like that, like how do you create like a, an inclusive environment? Mm-hmm. Like with all of those things Mm. in mind like there's so many Mm. things to like consider which which again (laughs) you know why why it's good to have like this is the importance of like inclusion right this is Mm. the importance of equity right of like having having different voices at the table the proverbial table and just like being able to to speak to this because i feel like being in this particularly like being in America being a small percentage and you yourself being a very smaller percentage of like the American context, like just being so often how like not just just not being considered or not even yeah. like a thought as far mm. as like planning yeah. things, the way, ways things are set up and everything like that. And yeah, it, it's just uh, it's just wild. So thank you so much for like providing that that context. And I also want to even say like, I feel like when I have like me being black, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I have, like, a recognition of, like, like systemic oppression or, like, mm. the like different things that, that exist and happen, right? But, like, when I have other folks that, like, I don't, like, I legitimately, like, don't, I can empathize with their experience, but I can't, mm. like, fully relate, you know mm. what I'm saying? I'm mm. a cis, head, mm. able-bodied male, like, all mm. the, all these mm. different mm. things, mm. like, mm. And, and, and a ton of privilege that, that I have. So like I recognize that and I never want to tokenize anybody. So like when even when I ask questions, I'm really apt and I'm trying to pay attention on like one, acknowledging my mm. ignorance, mm. but also two, like not wanting to put you on the spot and like burdening mm. you. So mm. 
Yeah, I just recognize even in the midst of this conversation, I want to like recognize that mm. and I'm paying attention to mm. how I mm. ask questions and how much space I'm taking up, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, all that to say yeah. is, is like, yeah, like that, even you bringing that perspective, it's just like, daggum, that, that, that's eye-opening for me. And I hope that the listeners honestly catch like mm. how important uh, mm. what you outlined for mm. us with those three points that you, mm. that you'd shared. Yeah, are. definitely. And, and, you know, you asked a really great question of like, well, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Should we not have never? No, not at all. No. Like, so something that I really recommend, like, so one, like I have certain identities that I can speak to again. Like I have a number of expertise, but I don't have expertise in all versions of diversity. So again, like learning about different versions, versions, <laughs> like different identity groups and their needs. And again, the diversity, even within di groups, there are any synchronicities that individuals have that aren't like thought of as quote unquote, the norm for that mm -hmm. group and so on and so forth. So you have to like learn the trends within different cultural identities but then also leaving space for, oh, I'm dealing with an individual and that individual is also like unique. So you have mm -hmm. to like check in with that person. And again, like with tokenizing, you know, checking in with like, may I ask how I can be more inclusive to you, right? Yeah. This is something I've learned about Muslims or black folks or women, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this something that you would find helpful? Mm -hmm. Yes, no, right? And especially yeah. like for me with DEI people, like Jonathan, I reached out to you to say like, hey, I would really love to talk about Muslim women. So I would find it really, if I were looking at someone else's conversation and like the guest was like, how dare you tokenize me? It's like, didn't you yeah. ask to come on their podcast? <laughs> like, why are, you, why are you giving them a hard time? Yeah. How dare, like you, at, anyway, so that's just yeah. like a weird thing for me anyway so no yeah. i don't i don't feel like you are tokenizing me like i yeah. see it as a privilege and an honor to be able to bring awareness to the identity groups that i do belong to the identity groups that i don't belong to that i can make space for members of those communities to speak up on their issues you know this is why i am in dei like dei is hard work like if you don't yeah. want to do it there are other things you could do that are easier <laughs> right sure. and yep. you know and and there are and those things that are quote-unquote easier you know, critiquing my own comment two seconds later, right, are also valid and worthy work that contributes to the world and contributes to society and your family and so on. So I, I don't want to draw like the indirect conclusion, like DEI practitioners are like better people. No, 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 no. Like yeah. it is good work. I believe in it. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do it. Uh, but it is absolutely not for everyone. It is incredibly difficult right now. I'm on a break from my social media accounts for that reason, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this long weekend and I'm just going to log off. And I'm, I've definitely turned into like doom scrolling. And this is not productive. Mm -hmm. My brain is just on fire. I am not going to be able to continue to do this work if I just burn myself on both ends of the stick. Okay. Alcohol. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so for me, what I would recommend is, you know, if you are an event organizer, whether networking events or parties or events at your within your organization for your employees or whatever the case may be, you're organizing events. Awesome. Does every single one of them need to involve alcohol? Right. Like mm -hmm. there are many people who want alcohol to be present. OK, like their perspective matters as well. But if you want to be inclusive of everyone in your organization, and again, this isn't just like a faith-based accommodation. 
No, it's not. Uh, it because really there isn't. are multiple yeah. religions, not just Islam, who like most Muslims agree like alcohol is a no no, though mm-hmm. not all Muslims, but there are other faiths as well. And then also, like, there are so many other reasons why people don't want to be around alcohol. The one time I posted about it on LinkedIn, and it's this has come up a number of times, like in recent conversations one on one with people. So I definitely need to bring this up again mm. on a more regular basis. And, you know, also like just my Muslim community telling me how frustrated they are. So having said that, you know, other reasons, there are people who are taking medications that interfere with with alcohol, so they cannot take, cannot drink. And so by anyone pushing them to drink, you are either you are like basically forcing them to disclose a medical diagnosis of some kind, like which is like a huge no, no, huge, 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 no, no, especially in like an HR organization context. Great. There are people who have alcoholics in their family or are recovering alcoholic i had someone share with me on that one post that i did on linkedin like a while ago shared that a family member had been killed by a drunk driver and Mm. so like they just don't want to be around alcohol like there's so many all individually completely valid reasons why people don't want to either be around it like and you can smell it right i've gone to i love like plays theater not necessarily like movie theaters cool are cool but i really love like plays and theater and when you go and you're in the intermission like there's a lot of people who are drinking and i can smell it right and it does make me uncomfortable but it's like okay i can't do anything so anyway like especially like imagine if you're a recovering alcoholic and you're smelling alcohol like throughout the room like does that matter if you don't have it in your hand and you're not drinking it so anyway just Mm -hmm. like all of these different reasons so understanding and having a culture like you're saying of just because like there's a written protocol that says oh we will have events sometimes like say you have five events and two of them are dry events and three of them have alcohol and you explicitly stated in the advertisement that that is going to be the case so people aren't surprised right Mm -hmm. like and have to guess which one is which and all of that which you should be doing anyway for like you know people needing to know like the details of an event so they can opt in about what they they know what they're signing up for yeah Especially given the gas prices today, like that's gas that I spent to get to your event. Don't waste my time coming to (laughs) an event. I just spent like $20 getting there. Anyway, um, I love how we just don't talk about gas anymore because it's like, oh, that was like. We've just accepted it. Yeah, we just accepted it. Like anyway. That was like five news cycles ago. Come on, (laughs) what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But like anyways, but like and even to find out that it's not necessarily that gas prices have to be that high. It's that these companies yeah. are setting up prices anyways, but whatever. Yeah. Um, side note, but just uh, capitalism. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so no, no, I appreciate that. And it's like, so when people ask, and I'm sure you get this too, just working in the DI space, mm. they ask like these questions like, all right, what can I do? And they think, they think in their mind that it's these big grandiose things mm. that they have to mm. do within the organization to like make people or allow the space for people to belong. And sometimes it really is just like, why don't you just have, instead of a bunch of alcohol at different events, why don't you just like trade that You'll off? You'll save money. Like having to try. You will save a lot of money. <laughs> alcohol is very expensive. Doing things like that are like giving like flag posting of just like, hey, this is what this event is mm. going to be. This has alcohol. Different things mm. like that. Like these are small little steps. Yeah. Granted, they're not humongous. They're, I mean, it, it's it's very small, but like they're small steps. They that will feel can, very big to the people. Yeah, for some folks right. that they can, they don't have to do the mental gymnastics of like exactly. figuring out exactly. all of the different things that they have to do. I would say though, tied in with the like official posts of, hey, we're going to have these events that don't, that are dry. Hey, don't pressure people. <laughs> 
if they don't want to drink. Like even at the mm. events with alcohol, if someone doesn't have a drink in their hand, like don't peer pressure people. Like yes, not in yes. high school anymore. Please don't act like. Yeah. <laughs> having the informal culture of yes peer pressuring people oh why won't you or oh this person didn't hang out with the boss or you know the person who's going to decide on their promotion mm. at the bar or whatever mm. i know a lot of people who don't want to be around alcohol who do go to these sorts of networking events at bars and so on because they know they won't get promoted they mm. won't get that raise they won't get what like a recommendation the next time they need a job or whatever the case may be like they won't make those relationships and that has a very systemic effect on people's lives like we all like how are they going to pay their bills how are they going to send their children to school how are they going to feed themselves and their families how are they going to invest in their communities on and on and on and on so it's like Mm -hmm. this all has very real systemic implications because someone isn't getting a raise or doesn't have isn't in the right room or at the table when they need to speak up for themselves even if they wanted and are fully able to speak up for themselves so having that culture of like hey consent hey don't pressure people to do things that they don't want to do and don't make it like having the cultural humility of knowing like just because you do something that a certain way which is totally valid and real and that's cool but not everyone does it that way. And that is also valid and real and amazing. We can understand mm-hmm. like the diversity of the human experience is very varied and very diverse. Like seeing that as a truly beautiful, like awe-inspiring thing instead of like danger. Oh, danger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. It's mm, yeah. so many Because I can imagine yeah. like, like ima- like I can easily imagine saying a company or organization or whatever, like some group decides they have five events, three of them are going to have alcohol, two of them are not. They put it up ahead of time for people to know. But I can totally see inside conversations that someone over here, like say I am a member of that organization and I choose not to go to events with alcohol and I overhear my coworkers complaining about oh my god this is so stupid why would they do like who even wants this no one wants this and then i overhear Mm. that they're not even saying to me they don't know because i haven't decided to share that with them as you can see like why i might not feel comfortable sharing something like that with them Mm -hmm. and that how inclusive do i feel or how included do i feel how much belonging do i feel in that organization yeah how much psychological safety do i feel in that organization if like there's so much toxicity around like i just don't want i just don't want to drink like, yeah. can you just let me not do that? Like, you can yep. drink. Like, if someone's like, this is just what I don't want to do or what I do want to do, and I'm not telling you you need to do it, I'm just sharing that this is what I'm going to do. Like, could you just let me do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just let folks live. Which is why I got into DEI myself. Just trying to, like, yeah, allow folks to just, like, let folks just, like, live. Which, yeah. I mean, thank you for your TED Talk, Regime. Seriously. Because, like, I feel like I feel like you're, like, literally laying out, like, yeah. a DEI, like, yeah. lesson. And like with your experience and Mm -hmm. I'm, I truly hope that folks are catching on because like Mm -hmm. it is, it really is that way Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. you'll hear people say that. And I've been one of those people who've been like, well, nobody wants this, but like there is a reason why this event Mm -hmm. exists. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like to be respectful of the space to like, yo, like maybe, maybe you need to take, like if you need alcohol to like have a good time, like I don't, I'm not going to start, you know, judging folks. But anyways, just like, there's just other things that like, can exist within that space and, and, yeah. and to be inclusive of other folks. It's it just, it's just a game changer. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you sharing you. all that. I think, I'm yeah, so we're coming. I'm so happy yeah. that there's space to talk about this because yeah, the first time, sorry, I know you need to 
to wrap us up. But no, it's all good. <laughs> express my gratitude. No, seriously, I really want to express my yeah. gratitude for having space for this conversation because it is incredibly, incredibly sensitive, and I don't want to mm-hmm. pretend that it isn't. And yeah, I I really hope that the listeners hear like the nuance of like lack of judgment and cultural mm-hmm. humility. And I need to have cultural humility. I'm not looking yeah. at other people like other people need to have cultural <laughs> humility, and I am perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. What well, and what's interesting to me and like. I want to recognize again, and I'll say cultural humility for myself, is like to me, that doesn't like what you're laying out, like doesn't feel like too sensitive. You know what I'm saying? Like I okay. I get it. Like if if like folks, like if I throw an event and like I say like I'm going to have a dry event, you know, because I want as many folks to come and as many folks to feel welcomed and be able to be there as possible, then like that's the event. And it's just like, it's fine. It's cool. I'll have other events that not, might not be dry. And like, I hope that I have the awareness to like, notify folks especially after this conversation i i will have the awareness (laughs) it also like makes me aptly aware of like even like the different kinds of like icebreakers Mm. and in like like Mm. all the in-person stuff Mm. that i do and how i interact with folks too Mm. obviously like i have gotten out of the mode of shaking people's hands because Mm. like just like Like, COVID has done a number but (laughs) but like even to come to find out that like it's handshaking is not even like a uh, around the world is not even like a big Mm. thing it's really you know so no, I really, really appreciate you being willing. And even going back to the point of like you coming on the show and sharing your experience and everything like that and me not wanting to tokenize, I think I want to just do a good job of modeling for mm. everybody else. Mm. Like mm, mm, mm. this, you know, of having a conversation yeah. but not necessarily burdening mm. someone. Because mm. I feel like I've been on a few podcasts and like the person inadvertently, had, I'm not going to say which podcast, sure. but the person inadvertently. I'm gonna Google. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it? <laughs> I'm going to find it. It's like burdened me. And then when they put my stuff out, they like, literally, it's just like the black man tells his story of his black. It's just like, yo, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. That's not what we talked about. So, so yeah, I, 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 I always want to make it abundantly clear, Mm. even particularly with, you know, with listeners and everything like that. Like I honor your story. I value your story. I value your knowledge and wisdom. And thank you so much for coming through. Um, and breaking it down for us so well. Really, really appreciate it. Everything you had to share for us. But I want to give you your opportunity to plug everything that you got going on <laughs> with The Real Fam and where can folks find you and keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much for anyone who has stuck around this long or if you're like me and you skipped it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I'm, I am you. Yeah, so you can find me at my website, rahimeramazani.com. My name will be in the podcast uh, description so you can find the spelling of that. I did think about like, hmm, should I find a different something or other? But I am super proud of my name. So yes, I love it. Hopefully people can learn to spell. It's okay. RahimeRamazani.com. Uh, you can also find me. I am super active on LinkedIn. That is where I spend most of my time. I really love it. I'm building a newsletter. I'm also on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Though honestly, Instagram is more to like move over my TikTok stuff to all my friends are on Instagram and I can't seem to get them on TikTok. But yeah, anyway, so you can find me on all the socials and on my newsletter, check out my services. And I have a lot of articles that I have just on my website as well. That's not on LinkedIn. So longer form stuff. Yeah, feel free to check it out and send me a message on any socials. Say hi. Hey, I heard your conversation with Jonathan. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Don't Thanks hate so me much. for the alcohol thing. <laughs> They won't. They bet not okay. if they do tell okay, me. Okay, okay. Um, but- I'm going to tell Jonathan. Jonathan, 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 Jonath
Oh, no. Uh, Rahima, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. Seriously, you're awesome. Thank you. You too. Awesome. All right, y'all. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production help by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas with music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace.